Good morning, Ian, and uh, welcome uh, to others to the Bible Believers podcast for Monday, the 26th of February, 2024. I'm uh, David Macrith, your host, and uh, we're continuing our series on divorce. Now, I know that some of you have tuned in uh, because I said that I was hoping to do uh, the broadcast today on the subject of remarriage uh, for divorcees uh, and what the Bible says about that. Now, I'm not going to be covering that topic this evening. I do have strong convictions on the matter, and uh, I do hope to be covering that soon. But I want to just be a little more careful in my exegesis and make sure that I understand this issue as thoroughly as I should before speaking on it. So I do believe uh, that those who are divorced may get married, get remarried, but uh, I want to be clear that I say what Scripture says on the subject, and uh, I think there is room for a bit more work. At the same time, uh, this subject, recovering from divorce, is really important. It's an experience I'm going through myself as we speak. It's an experience which a number of us may have been through or may be facing at this time. It can be a very difficult and a very distressing experience. But uh, if we're in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we're Christians, it's also an experience of knowing God. Welcome, Kim. Uh, welcome very much to this uh, broadcast. And Lan, welcome to you as well in, in Texas. And Bernadette, uh, welcome to you um, across uh, the Irish Sea there. And uh, the Lord bless me with each one of us. So I want to speak on this subject of recovering from divorce. This can't be comprehensive. There are thousands of scriptural passages I could bring. And the objective is not to isn't to just uh, give a, a cold, uh, dry um, list of scripture, but to, to say something that I hope will be an encouragement to people. Uh, this, uh, I suppose I should give a trigger warning. This talk might be triggering in some situations for some people. That's not my desire. It's not my desire to condemn, criticize, or harm, but to comfort and strengthen and to point each of us to the Lord Jesus Christ and see that he has everything that we need in all of our circumstances in life, including the most distressing and most difficult of circumstances. And for some of us, divorce are, is or has been the most distressing and the most difficult circumstance that we could imagine in this world and my own experience of divorce was very distressing indeed and that's uh, uh, gone by several years and uh, and I'm on a more even keel by God's grace and through the mercy that God has shown to me but I've met others who seem to have suffered even greater difficulties and greater distresses than, than I did and um, I just want people to know um, how great God's love is for us and how much he still keeps us by his grace and hasn't cast any of us off or forsaken us or left us or abandoned us, even though we have these experiences in life. Micaiah, welcome, and it's uh, good to see you. And Miriam, good evening. And um, uh, and uh, a welcome to this broadcast. So let's let's read some scripture. So we're calling this Recovering from Divorce. Uh, again, I apologize to those who are expecting um, a talk this evening on remarriage of divorcees. I will be giving that talk, but just not to this evening. Uh, and uh, But I think this talk, I hope, will be helpful for us. That certainly is my prayer that it would be helpful. If it's not helpful, then I will have failed in my duty. But uh, at the very least, I hope it, it's not harmful. I certainly hope it's not harmful. Isaiah 42 and verse 3. Isaiah 42 and verse 3. We read, A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. So a bruised reed, many of us are bruised reeds, many of us are smoking flaxes, but the Lord Jesus is kind and gentle in the way that he deals with us. He knows 
how, where we are. We, we say, I can't take anymore. I'm on the edge of ruin. I'm on the edge of despair. The Lord Jesus bears that in mind. The Lord Jesus knows us. He knows us through and through, and he, he treats us like a bruised reed. He won't break us, and the smoking flax is like a candle that's about to go out, but it's smoking, but he won't quench it. He won't destroy that fire. If we're Christians, the Lord Jesus will keep us, and he deals with us. He comes to us, and he deals with us gently and has mercy upon us and uh, but in his grace and in his love 2 corinthians 1 4 2 corinthians 1 4 so 2 corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4 reads speaking about read verses 3 and 4 blessed be god even the father of our lord jesus christ the father of mercies and the god of all comfort who comfort us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. God comforted me. If I can help anybody else, then he's comforted me so that I can comfort others. And maybe maybe that's one of the real positive things that's going to come out of our suffering, that, that we can help others and uh, we can show mercy to others and understand others, what others are going through or maybe going through. And then Isaiah 53, verses 2 to 4. Isaiah 53, verses 2 to 4, about the Lord Jesus and his sufferings and how he understands us because of the things that he has suffered. Um, so we read in Isaiah 53, verses 2 to 4. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. If there's anyone here who felt that they were despised and not esteemed by their husband or by their wife, and that that was one of the reasons for what happened to them. And the Lord Jesus understands what it is like to be despised and not esteemed by others. So people's all divorces are, are different. Let's let's pray and then we'll look at this. Father, we ask and pray that our Bible study this evening would be profitable. And not everybody here has been through this situation or experienced this, but uh, every one of us has experienced distresses and uh, despair almost at times uh, and, and trials and tribulations. And uh, we've been forsaken by friends uh, and cast out by men if we're Christians. And Father, I pray that this, although my concern is to speak to put balm into wounds which have been very sore and very sometimes cases very deep and very long lord that by your holy spirit strength and by applying the word of god that balm of gilead might come and it might heal that it might soothe that it might repair lord yet i pray also for other christians as well give others also greater understanding into those who've been through this and uh, also father heal them in their own wounds and their own difficulties and trials so, Father, I pray that this Bible study would be honouring to the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember how he loved us and died for us, how he became of no reputation for us, how he, how he came down from heaven and was born uh, as a baby in Bethlehem and how he went to the cross of Calvary and died in our place. Father, we ask and pray that you be with us in this Bible study and we ask that you forgive us and cleanse us from all of our sins. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 
Well, no two divorces are the same, so I can. I'm, I'm obviously I'm bringing lots of my own experience into this situation, and of course, uh, I can't uh, speak for other people's experience. Some people's experience was m more difficult, bitter, more bitter than mine. Um, some divorces are very bitter uh, and very uh, sudden, uh, and, and some are slow and smouldering, and 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 and. and the actual divorce process takes place over years. And uh, uh, in some cases, one party is greatly aggrieved and wounded and unjustly condemned, and the other party is guilty and gets away with it. In other cases, both parties are guilty. I, I can't speak for anybody else. All I would say at the start is this, whatever our situation, we should be found in the Lord Jesus Christ, seeking the Lord Jesus Christ, serving the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting the Lord Jesus Christ, repentant for our sins, confident that our sins are forgiven, confident that we have the salvation that comes from God. If we already were Christians and we've been through this distressing experience, that we are nevertheless still loved by God and we still have that certainty of our salvation, that nothing, nothing will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We may have our momentary afflictions in this world, and they may be very sore and very grievous to us at the time. But if we are divorced, some of the outcomes that can occur are bitterness and fear and grief and anger. And even if we're the innocent party, we can suffer no small amount of guilt and guilty feelings if this happens. Now, this bitterness, fear, grief, anger, and guilt, these are things which I'm going to have to deal with in another talk. So that's so the subject is opening up. But the, these things need dealing with. If we keep bitterness, if we keep anger, those things are going to consume us and affect our witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need a deep work of grace in our hearts if we're struggling with those things. The wounds that come from divorce go very deep. I'm thankful to the Lord for his great mercies to me. At the time when this first happened to me, I felt I wouldn't survive. I felt I, nobody could survive what I was going through, but that wasn't true. I did what uh, others have done as well. I cast myself on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he has proved himself faithful. But the wounds can be very, very deep. And I want to say this, that, that in my case, and I'm sure in the case of others here, some of those wounds are so deep that it seems they can never be healed. Some of those trials are so difficult, there seems to be no answer. And there's all these questions. Why did this happen? Why were, why were so many other people hurt so badly by this, for example? That's one of the most difficult questions I find with respect to my own divorce. Uh, and I find that I can't get answers to these questions. These things are too great to me. Almost questions about things that have happened that are almost consuming, that are almost overwhelming, that are too great. And I'm not going to go into personal things, but there were things, there were people hurt, there were things that happened with respect to my own divorce, which, which, which are far, far greater than me and which I can't handle. So what did I do with those? Well, I have to take those things and I have to say I don't know the answer to that, but God does know the answer to that. So as it were, I've taken the whole lot and placed it on Jesus' shoulders. Jesus has very broad shoulders, doesn't he? He, can, he says we've got to cast our burdens on him. Uh, and he can carry these burdens for us, things that I don't have answers to. I've left them with the Lord. I said, Lord, you know the answer to that. You know, you understand and you everything, everything perfectly. And I trust God with the answer to those questions. I don't know the answer to those questions. I don't expect to receive the answer to those questions in my lifetime. But I'm quite content that those questions have been left with the Lord. 
so the things that I can't answer, why did such and such a thing happen? Why was somebody so badly affected? Why did this outcome occur? How is it that such and such a person could behave in such and such a way? Things that seem uh, inexplicable to me, inexplicably awful and terrible and horrible, I've left with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm quite satisfied that leaving those things with the Lord is the right place. He knows the answer. I don't need to fret about those things. And I say this because I think probably many of us who've been through that experience or other experiences in life have questions. Uh, and it's, it's a mark of um, the world very often that they say, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why does God allow this? Why does God allow that? God allowed my wife to divorce me. And that was one of the worst things that could possibly happen to me. And yet God allowed that. I leave the question of why in his hands. And uh, I'm satisfied that in God's hands, these things are safe. The important thing about that is if we take the burdens that we can't bear and we place them on the Lord Jesus and we say, well, I'll leave them in his hands. I don't expect to get an answer in this life. But in the world to come, I won't need an answer. I could say when I get to heaven, I'll ask God and I'll know for certain why such and such a thing happened. But I don't think I'll even be interested in the question when we see Jesus as he is and we see the glory of God and we see the majesty of God and we see the glorified saints. And hopefully all of those that have wronged us and those that we've wronged, they're also glorified, worshipping the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing but harmony and love between the saints of God in glory then the things that have happened in this world won't matter anymore. And nobody will be asking, why did this happen? And why did that happen? But look what God has done for me. Look what God has done for us. And our song will be Amazing Grace or, or whatever songs we're given to sing in heaven about the grace of God, about the love of God in Christ Jesus, about the mercy of God that we found. So if you have something that is so great, and if you have something that is so difficult or something that seems so impossible to answer sorry if i covered the microphone there I'm trying to avoid doing that if you have something that's so impossible to answer leave it with jesus place it on his shoulders he'll carry your burdens um we're to cast our care on him aren't we because he cares for us that's 1 peter 5 7 But for those who are divorced, those who may be going through this now, those who may be only just beginning this process, those who think that there's no hope and the situation is overwhelming and you're not going to get through this, there is very, very great hope for you and for your recovery. And that hope lies again in Jesus Christ. The Lord will help you in extraordinary ways. He will help you in ways which you couldn't imagine. And he will bring you through. The Lord has brought me through. Um, now, with respect to my own divorce, I'm not going to say a lot about it except one or two things. And that is, first of all, my my situation didn't begin here. But five and a half years ago, there was a day when my spouse, my wife, took the dog for a walk and simply didn't come back. And um, I was able to ascertain that she was OK, that, was, that she hadn't been abducted or anything like that. But of course, that was the start of a nightmare. And I described that as the worst day of my life um and it was a terrible thing uh, and uh very grievous and and, and led to a, a very great deal of suffering and a very great deal of distress which went on for a very long time the day that the divorce papers came through the post i knew they were going to come was a terrible day as well there were there was that envelope and um I knew what was in it uh, and i didn't want to, to to read it but i had this fascination to find what a, a divorce lawyer would say about me and as i've often said to people divorce lawyers don't get paid for saying nice things about people so whatever they're going to say is going to be the worst thing 
but it was a very difficult day. I found myself at work very distressed, having to do my work uh, and not failing to do it to a high standard, but uh, but just just sometimes hiding in cupboards and crying out to God um, for help and strength and mercy, which He gave me. When the divorce went through, one of the one of um, one of the things that happened, and I, uh, divorce for me has been an absolutely terrible experience and miserable experience. But now I'm through the worst, and God is with me, and by His grace, I have a life, uh, and this is good. Um, one of the things that happened was I got to live alone in the house for eighteen months, and I'm sorry to say this, but I actually rather enjoyed that. Um, but uh, I would have been much happier if my wife had been with me. But uh, I learned to live on my own. Some people, if you drop them from a helicopter into a desert or drop them into a jungle, they've got to learn how to survive, how to forage for food and uh, look after themselves. Well, I got dropped into the kitchen and I had to learn how to survive in the kitchen. I mean, I had to learn how to boil an egg. But uh, everybody's experience is different. And uh, here I am five and a half years later and I haven't starved. So that's, that's also a testimony to the grace of God. In fact, I probably put weight on. But, but I don't want to. I don't want to distract from the fact. First of all, that my own experience was was terrible and it was terrifying, and I don't want to distract from the fact that some people's experience is much worse even than mine, and some people are very distressed by their situations. And again, um, it, it's 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 really really um, it, 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 can, it can tear people's lives apart. Of course, others have got greater problems still that they. Either they suddenly find themselves looking after the children and by themselves, uh, and perhaps with uh, very little income, or they find themselves excluded from seeing their children. There's some court order or something put in place, and they're innocent, but they still don't get to see their children. They miss their upbringing. In fact, when my parents were divorced as a child, that's what happened with my father and I, because because um, he had been expecting to see us regularly because he thought that, that my mother would live nearby, but she moved us hundreds of miles away. And I'm not blaming my mother for that, but that created a situation where I hardly saw my father when I was growing up and I really missed him. And by the time he died um, several years ago, the relationship was never repaired. And that's one of the, again, another great grief in my life that, uh, that I didn't have that relationship with my father that I desperately had wanted or um, wanted even when I was, uh, even when I was an adult. So divorce produces problems, it produces difficulties, it produces great great disasters. But in Jesus Christ, we still have all the promises of God. We still have all the promises of his blessing. We have all the promises that he will keep us in this world's most distressing situations, most grievous um, situations. Miriam, thank, thank you for your, thank you for your, um, uh, your sorrow. Um, I'm, I'm probably doing a man thing and bleating a bit here because because I know that God's been very good to me. My situation now is a lot better than it was, and um, my real concern is for others that, that the Lord would comfort, help, and, and bless them. Uh, and um, but perhaps by sharing some of my experience, uh, it would help some. I don't know. Um, again, just talking talking on that, I'm much more stable now that I've got my own place uh, and I've got my own furniture back. I'm very happy with my own books. You can see some of them back there. Um, those books were in storage for several years and I'm very glad to have them back, very fond of them, um, Christian books. And um, But my situation is a lot better now than it was. 
But the Lord is a great comforter of his people. The Lord Jesus Christ is the overcomer and the one who enables us to overcome. He's the one who goes through the flood and the flame with us. He's the one who stands by us, who never forsakes us. He's the friend who sticks closer than a brother. So um, let's look at some of those things which uh, can happen to us. Well, first of all, we say, cast all your care on him. Cast your care on the Lord Jesus Christ. He cares for you. Um, the Lord will keep you by his grace. Um, what about guilt? No, I think there's a lot of guilt in divorce, um, which is not based on reality. If my wife or my husband walks out on me, then I'm bound to feel guilty. If only I'd done such, if only I'd done such and such. Uh, and you can be plagued with guilt and you can be plagued with the feeling that it, it was all your fault when in fact maybe it wasn't your fault I've given an example of for example a man who has a secret affair and decides he wants to get to wants to get rid of his wife so he sets her up and everybody blames her but it's not her fault and um uh, but um but if we have guilt then the right way to deal with guilt is to take it to the lord some of us course of course are guilty it says that we shouldn't um, divorce except for adultery. Adultery are biblical is biblical grounds for adultery. For, uh, adultery is biblical grounds for divorce uh, and abandonment. But um, but uh, some may be the adulterer, and, uh, and that means you must repent. You must repent of that sin. You must bring it back to God. Now God will have mercy on you and forgive you if you repent of your sins. Talking about guilt, which is rightly apportioned. Uh, rightly um, uh, rightly uh, applied. Deborah Page, praise God, he is good. Yes, Deborah, God is good. Praise God for his goodness towards us. But the truth is that every one of us, every one of us needs to end up right with God and every one of us will be right with God if we confess our sins and repent of our sins and turn and, and, and look to Jesus Christ alone. The objective is that we should be walking with Jesus, trusting in the Lord Jesus, confident in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we should have clear consciences uh, and that we should be um, know and have strong confidence that our sins are forgiven. And um, uh, uh, make Melody, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and um, so, so, so there should be nobody who, who if we are repentant for our sins that repentance if, we, if we're the one who has unjustly harmed our husband or our wife forced them to leave or divorce them then we have much repenting to do before god and i don't think that repentance can be easy and i don't think it will be easy because it's easy to say you're sorry but to, to be repentant from the heart that's that that's agony and to be distressed over your sins at the right way in the right level is is it's it, 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 it's to think I've done that to somebody I've harmed somebody I've hurt them and then there's also the need to do what you can to put that right and you may not be able to put it right but you will have to look into it and and see if you can put that right now my comments this evening are mainly for those who are the on the receiving end of divorce and uh, the distress that they suffer. But if you are somebody who has unjustly divorced your husband or your wife, then then you must repent and you must bring it to God and you must do everything you can before God to to put that matter right. Um, but 
um, there's recovery for everybody. There's recovery for you as well and for me and for every single one of us. And we, we need to think this as well, that, 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 that there's a shortness of this generation. There's a shortness of this life. And, and we will suffer. It's not just divorce. There are many other things we can suffer, uh, chronic ill health or or distress over the situation with our families or problems at work or we, we're wars. There's the threat of war coming to the United Kingdom now. And very slowly, people are waking up to that. The threat of Islam as well is coming. And people are very slowly waking up to that. But... Um, guilt, uh, our guilt needs to be dealt with. So how do we deal with these things? Well, we cast ourselves on Jesus. When when my wife walked out, I cast myself on Jesus. I cried out to him day and night. I cast myself on him for, for a while, for a long time, actually, because it, it took a while for the divorce to go through. It was during the lockdowns and everything. And for a while, I cast myself on the Lord and and, and cried out to him believing that this wouldn't happen this thing would be resolved that would be reconciled and everything would be fine but it wasn't god allowed it to go through uh, but i cast myself on the lord and although it didn't have the outcome i wanted um, the lord has brought me through and kept me and shown me that that divorce which i so much hated and so much dreaded wasn't the end of the world it wasn't the end of my life it wasn't the end of my serving god it wasn't the end of him loving me or the end of my usefulness in the kingdom of god it, it was a it was a devastating blow but the lord jesus christ is greater than those things and although not everybody's experience is like mine and everyone has a different experience the lord jesus is the same for us all he's sufficient for these things he is the overcomer he is the um the the savior of those who put their trust in him and he is that friend that we all have because we love the lord jesus christ so here are some of the things that we may wrestle with and need recovery from if we are divorced and the first is loneliness uh, loneliness um, now when we are lonely we may lose our friends we may find that uh, even the church might turn its back on us um, we might find that we have no one else that even that we could talk to. And that's an awful situation to be in when you've got no one to talk to and you're in the deepest distress of your life. But um, Jesus says, I am with you. Matthew 26, verse 11, he says, behold, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Now, how important is that? Jesus says he's with us. If he says he'll never leave us, whatever the circumstances, it means he's with us right now. That's an extraordinary thought, isn't it? So if I'm in my private room, crying out to God, pouring my heart out, maybe weeping great tears, distressed, wondering how I'm going to survive, feeling that I'm going through flames, feeling that I'm going through floods, feeling that there's no way out of this and there's no way forward and there's no survival. I think I went through a phase where I thought there's no way I could live through this or survive through this. I wasn't I wasn't suicidal, thank the Lord for that, but I just didn't think I could survive. Yet the Lord Jesus is with me in that. He's right there with me. He's right beside me. Uh, and if I could um if I could just put it like this, it's, it's as though his hand is on my shoulder saying, I'm with you, David. I'm not going to forsake you. I know the trials you're going through. I'm not going to abandon you in this. Everybody else might, but I will stay with you, David, because I love you and you're one of my sheep. And the Lord Jesus stays with us. Kim, thank you for your sympathy. I'm not primarily seeking sympathy from saying this, but hoping that my experience will help others. Um, I think I've, I've come through to the point where I can see that that uh, that 
although I had to go through these things, God's hand is very much on my life. And, and my heart's desire is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything else shifted. Everything in my life just crumbled. Um, for example, again, and I'm saying this not, so, not, not, not for sympathy, but just to give you an idea. I worked for 30 years to buy and establish a house and to get it into right order so that there'd be a family home that all of the family could come to any time they chose. And that just went overnight. Uh, and um, that's a very big blow. Um, it's as though 30 years have been lost. And uh, yet, look where I am now. The Lord has put me somewhere I can serve him. And the, and the sweetest thing for me is serving God. I have enough, and that's that's good. That God has given me what I need, and yet the thing I desire more than anything else to ser is to serve God, to bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's that's the sweetest thing in the world. And that's the most blessed thing in the world. Um, what about those who are facing ruin? I mean, for me, the experience was, I said this, I think last time, the experience for me was that it's not I couldn't find another place to live. It's that it was as though I was dead inside. I didn't have any strength. I couldn't pick up the phone. I couldn't go out and look. I couldn't make decisions. It was so hard to make decisions. And so I ended up homeless for a month, which was a terrifying experience. But God had mercy. It was extraordinary how God helped me in that time. God had mercy on me. But we face, we feel we face ruin. As I say, the, the, the woman who has nowhere to live and she has children to feed and she has no job and she suddenly finds herself cast out. And um, very, very difficult. The man who loses everything uh, and um, he loses his children, he loses his home, and uh, great financial burdens are placed on him, for example. And I'm not judging either in those situations, except to say that if we were in that situation, and many have been, that God helps. Psalm 46, verse 1. Psalm 46, verse 1. And these are promises. This is absolutely how God deals with us. He knows when we're in that situation. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And there have been many trials I've had in life, but certainly when uh, everything seemed to be lost, everything, and I seemed to have lost my strength and ability to survive, the Lord was a very present help in that troubled time to me. And that's why I'm here now. At the time when you feel overwhelmed, God is with you, helping you in ways you don't even see and, and, and sustaining you. And you may feel on the edge, but the Lord won't let you go over that edge. He keeps you. He holds you. He sustains you. He blesses you. He hears your cries. If you have no one else to talk to, you can talk to God and he will listen to everything you have to say. You have criticisms. You have questions. You have griefs. You have troubles. You have trials. You have distresses. Talk to the Lord about all of them. Tell him everything that's on your heart. God will listen to you and he'll keep you and have mercy on you, even if nobody else will give you a listening ear. I think of Hagar in Genesis. Um, Hagar, who was cast out by Abraham into the desert, and uh, she's sure she, she and Ishmael were about to die. But he was a God who really sees. Some of you sung that um, to the outcast on her knees. He is the God that really sees. God saw Hagar in the wilderness and she heard the lad's cries. And uh, in, in an impossible situation, the Lord heard um, Hagar and helped her and had mercy upon her. So whatever we're facing, God is the God who is a refuge and strength. And he's the God that we should turn to. It's not just that he helps us by cheering us up a bit or by saying, there, there. God helps us not just 
by carrying us psychologically and spiritually, but he helps us materially as well. And again, I can only repeat that I was I was actually in Grimsby working in a hospital there. And I was about to lose my accommodation in the hospital. I was crying out to God day and night for a place to live, crying out, crying out, desperate. And unexpectedly, I received an email from, from a brother of a Christian brother in Texas, Tim, who said, David, I remember you from 30 years ago. I've got a house in Hull. Um, would you like to borrow that? And I went there for one night and I stayed for three years. And that's a testimony to answer prayer. It's a testimony to the goodness of God. And it's a testimony to the big heartedness of Brother Tim, uh, who's now back in that house, which is his house. For three years, that house was an extraordinary blessing to me. Some of you know what went on in Hull and know the broadcasts that came out of Hull. It was a time of healing. It was a time of meeting with God. It was a time of um, spiritual growth for me. And although there were trials and difficulties, it, it was it was a sort of intermediate time when God was really helping me. And and, uh, uh, and despite all the trials that I had even in Hull, it was rather a good time um, uh, and rather a lot of blessing as well as difficulties, I also nearly died of COVID there and other things. But uh, I'm glad Tim's back in his own house. But that was an extraordinary blessing how God helped me. God, when we're facing ruin, when we don't know where the next meal's coming from, when we have no idea where we're going to live, when we feel we can't carry on and we have no strength to get up in the morning and go to work, God helps us and he really does helps us. Remember what we read at the start? A bruised reed, he will not break. I was a bruised reed uh, and he didn't break me. A smoking flax he will not quench. I was a smoking flax, but the Lord Jesus didn't quench me. And it's at times like this that God is at his gentlest with us, carrying us, bearing us, suckering us, nurturing us, helping us, comforting us. God has mercy on us. He loves us with all the love of, a, of, 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 of an eternal God. God has mercy on us. So God comforts us in our distress. 2 Corinthians 1.4. We read that before. Let's read it again. 2 Corinthians one four. See if I can still find two Corinthians. Um, yes, two Corinthians one verse four, and verses three and four. Well, as we read before, we read verses three and four. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So when God comforts us, we can comfort others. How sweet that is. I think for many of us that would be a wonderful thought, isn't it, that we can go to others and say, I'm so sorry about what's happened to you. I've been through it, and God comforted me. And uh, he'll put his arms around you, and he'll comfort you with the same comfort. Those of you who've shown concern for me have done that, haven't you, just now? Um, you've done exactly that, comforting others because you yourself have been comforted so he is the god of all comfort and uh, paul here talks in verse four about he comforts us in our tribulation well i can only describe that for many people divorce is tribulation if it's not then there's something wrong um, breaking that bond of marriage is a terrible terrible thing 2 corinthians 7 verses 5 and 6 2 corinthians 7 verses 5 and 6 Paul says, speaking about his own tribulation and his own um, distress, 2 Corinthians 7, 5. For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God that comforteth, comforteth those that are cast down 
comforted us by the coming of Titus. So God comforted us. God came to us. How did he comfort us? He sent Titus. Very often God will comfort us by sending another Christian, another believer, when we're in distress, when we're on the edge, when we think we can't go on. Paul was like that. Paul was at the end of himself. Paul had no strength. Paul was in distress and he was hard pressed and um, he was troubled and he had no rest. And uh, he was probably lying awake day and night and uh, outside were fightings and within were fears. It sounds an awful lot. Paul wasn't married, but that sounds an awful lot like divorce for some of us. Um, but uh, God comforted him and sent Titus. God comforts us in our hearts and he comforts us by his word and he comforts us in very real and practical ways. He sends us friends and brothers in Christ. Now, loss of family and loss of family is one of the greatest difficulties that many of us have to face if we're divorced. As I say, in my case, when my parents divorced, it was quite simply that I didn't see my father. And that was a very, very big trial for me as a, as a teenager. It must have been a very great grief and trial for him. In fact, I know that it was. Um, uh, I, I know that because shortly before he died, I had to clear out lots of his papers. And I found out lots of papers in which this was being spoken of. And he was broken hearted that he couldn't see us. And of course, as a teenager, I never understood that. But you couldn't repair what was broken but the Lord repairs it. He's a father to the fatherless. And uh, when I left home, went to university and became a Christian, that was the best thing that ever happened to me when I found the Lord Jesus Christ. Loss of family, Matthew chapter 19, 29. Of course, we may lose our family for other reasons. They may reject us because we are Christians. The households will be divided. Bunyan in Pilgrim's Progress, when uh, Pilgrim starts looking for um, the city of uh, salvation, he starts seeking for salvation and, and, and um, looking for a removal of his burden of sin. His wife um, and children beg him not to go, but he must separate with them in order to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's not an excuse for us leaving our families as Christians, but it's an illustration of the fact that if we are Christians, our families might separate with us. Um, they love being in the city of destruction, and that's very, very great grief to us. Very great grief to see our children unconverted, to see our parents unconverted. Matthew nineteen twenty nine, Jesus says, And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. Now, uh, for some of us, that's really, really deep teaching. It is deep teaching. I just want to say this, that the Lord is promising to be a greater consolation to us than anything that this world can throw at us. And some of us are divorced because we're Christians and our non-Christian partners, non -Christian, I shouldn't use the word partners, husbands or wives couldn't live with that. It's not true of all of us, but um, but... As I say, in a, in a situation like this, it's for the sake of righteousness. And that also is something that we should bear in mind. It's still grievous that that would happen to us. But loss of family can occur to us if we're divorced. And this is probably the greatest burden we might have to bear, the loss of our family, maybe our children or and pe people as well. Um, when... When my divorce went through, there was a whole group of people, my wife's family, who I loved and who I'd known for decades. 
Uh, and it's as though there's there's just a there's a breach there, and and you, you lose so many friends from so many different parts of your life, and that's that's really difficult. Um, and it's not that you don't love those people; it's just that things have changed, and you can't go back. But the Lord is greater than these things, and if it's too great for us, then it, as I say, we must place that burden on the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, as we pray, God will improve our relationships with our children, for example, or with our parents. And as we seek to be salt and light, as we seek to be um, peacemakers, God will use us. Um, then there's tr all kinds of tr trials that we might um, have to go through. I've mentioned boiling eggs um, earlier, um, and that was fairly trivial because it's quite easy to learn how to boil an egg, even if you're a man in his late 50s. Um, uh, but um, there are many other trials. H how do I work? How do I um, budget? I mean, it depends. It depends. How do I... <sighs> How, how do I keep the car on the road? How do I um, shop? And uh, no, the, for some people, it's a ridiculous thought that this might be mentioned by me as trials. But these are things which these are things which we have to face all sorts of things. When you are married, you have usually you have some kind of economy, and some will do one task and others do the other. And when you're suddenly on your own again, and maybe after 30 years of marriage, you find you've got to relearn or learn for the first time how to do many things. Now, trials, of course, go much deeper than that. Trials of losing friends, trials of losing families, trials of of of, um, of just getting through the day at work. As I said, when I was at work, it was like I was dying inside, but I wasn't going to let my patients suffer. Um, one absolute non-negotiable for me, whatever happens in life, was that as I work as a doctor, my patients must get absolutely proper care. And I believe by God's grace, again, that was part of his sustaining grace. I was able to maintain my medical standards, but at the same time, um, uh, it was a very difficult trial. Um, Isaiah 43, verse 2. Isaiah 43, verse 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon me. And for some of us, that's been our experience, hasn't it? That's where we've been taken by the experience of divorce. Into the floods, into the rivers, and we felt they would overflow us. They came up to our chin, they came up to our mouth, but they didn't overflow us. And we were all right. The Lord Jesus held us up above the waters and in the fires he protected us he bore the fire himself in our place and he stood with us and when we went there and nobody else would go there the lord jesus came with us and he stood with us and he didn't abandon us and he didn't leave us and he didn't forsake us when everybody else did loss of friends how do we recover from loss of friends isaiah 13 verse 6 the Lord Jesus, of course, is, is, is our friend. Um, Proverbs 18, verse 24 tells us that there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The Lord Jesus Christ is that friend. Hello, Brian, and welcome, Peter. Welcome, and, and, and Deborah. Um, the Lord Jesus Christ is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So if your brothers and sisters forsake you in a day of trial, whatever that trial may be, the Lord Jesus won't. He sticks with us as a friend. He doesn't abandon us. 
He knows our failings. He knows our weakness. He sees our sins. But the Lord Jesus as a friend never abandons us. Zechariah 13, verse 6. And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Now, many of us who are divorced feel that we were wounded in the house of our friends, of our very best friend. The Lord Jesus knows that. The Lord Jesus understands that. The Lord Jesus was wounded in the house of his friends. He was despised and rejected and forsaken. Jesus knows he understands what it's like to be forsaken by our friends. If we're divorced, we've experienced that situation where before we had mutual, we had friends that we shared, and yet our friends are divided, some on one side, some on the other. Some support us, some support our spouse, our former spouse. And many friends we just lose and we can't go back. And we also have that awful experience of every time we go anywhere having to explain what happened and failing to justify ourselves and feeling as though we're trying to justify ourselves and nobody can understand what we've been through and yet we're trying to explain it and we can't as i said if i was to try and justify myself and try and prove to you that i was innocent you you wouldn't be able to judge my situation i can't judge your situation but the lord is my judge the lord jesus has forgiven me the lord jesus has paid for my forgiveness with his own blood but the lord jesus understands i lost friends i lost many friends and the lord jesus understands that i lost christian friends the lord jesus understands that the lord jesus was wounded in the house of his friends and therefore knowing that the lord jesus understands that is healing for us now i hope that all of these things are showing us that, that god has more than sufficient grace and more sufficient more than sufficient balm to heal our deepest wounds and to carry us in our crisis and in our difficulties that looking to jesus is the right thing is what we should do looking to jesus is, is the only way forward for us and he will have mercy upon us the lord jesus was wounded in the house of our friends when my wife took the dog for a walk and didn't come back i was wounded in the house of my friends and 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 I say that, but that's nothing compared to what the Lord Jesus Christ suffered. What happened to me hurt me very deeply, but what happened to the Lord Jesus Christ was far worse. He was innocent. He was pure. He was spotless. He was lovely, altogether lovely, and he died. His friends, seeing him, rejected him. And they cried out, crucify him, crucify him. Brian says, very true. I lost many great friends when my life, wife left. Um, Brian, and you said you lost her family, become my family too. That's exactly what happened to me, and I, I feel it, and uh, I'm very sad about that. Um, but the Lord will heal you, Brian, just as he's healed me. And I bear no ill to those people. I love them then, and I love them now, but everything changes. So the Lord Jesus was wounded in the house of his friends. That means he can help you. That means he can suck at you it means he can carry you it means he understands you but no one else understands you and nobody else speaks to you and nobody else listens to you the lord jesus listens to you and he understands he has been wounded in the house of his friends and he will heal you and he will restore you he will heal you and uh, restore you now i mentioned this but i've written it down so i'll mention it again anger bitterness and forgiveness are three very important things with divorce the temptation to anger 
uh, especially I'm the one that's been wrong. There's lots of grounds for anger. There's lots of grounds for bitterness and to carry bitterness. And there's lots of grounds, but many things that we have to forgive, which are difficult. Uh, and just saying that there's no place for anger, there's no place for bitterness, and there's every place for forgiveness. But this is difficult, and it's worthy of a study in its own right, because uh, we need God's help with these things. Things rise up that we'd forgotten about, and they rise up, and we feel that root of bitterness, and we feel that anger rising up. There are many grievous things. The Lord Jesus has suffered far worse than we've suffered. We we may have suffered a lot, but the Lord Jesus has suffered far more than we've ever suffered. And not only has he suffered far more, he's suffered far more for us. We're the rebels. We're the ones we're the ones who caused him to go there and bleed and die once, who cried out for his death. We're the ones who um, said, away with this man, for he is not fit to live. And then we discovered that we had crucified the lord of glory and that he had loved us and died for us in our place and then we found him and then we then we believed on him and he came to us and the forgiveness that he showed us was extraordinary overwhelming complete and perfect there's no root of bitterness in jesus heart towards us there's no i remember that thing that you did i remember that time when you took my name in vain i remember that time or whatever the lord jesus has forgiven us perfectly and fully and forever but we have to learn to do the same. And our light affliction is soon going to pass and we'll be in glory with the Lord Jesus. How great is God's love towards us? How great is his mercy towards us? How great is his kindness towards us? So let's just consider some verses in Isaiah 53. We're coming to an end. But verses 2 to 4, uh, um, and let's read that again. We read it at the start. Isaiah 53, verses 2 to 4. And this will bring us to a close of... So towards the close of this um, section, Isaiah 53 is that great passage in the Old Testament which speaks of the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ as our atoning sacrifice for sin. And um, But verses 2 to 4, speaking of Jesus, it says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. People saw the Lord Jesus and they rejected him. They said, there's nothing lovely in him. Why should we think of him as the Messiah? Why should we want him to be our king? Away with him. There was no beauty in him that we should desire him. How many cruel men there are have rejected their wives because they were older and they could find younger wives. What wickedness there is in that. Well, the Lord Jesus knows what it's like to be considered unlovely. In... Uh, Malachi, it talks about God being angry with those who divorce their wives, the wives of their youth. They, they go off, they look for somebody younger. No, I'm not saying, I'm simply saying is if that's how you feel, the Lord Jesus knows that. He knows when people looked at him and they saw no loveliness in him. Our love for our wives, men, should grow as we get older. Our love for them should increase as we learn ourselves to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ, how shameful for us to take the wives of our youth and to betray them. But Jesus understands that because people saw no loveliness in him. Verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men. Some of us feel despised and rejected. In fact, that feeling of rejection if our husband or our wife walks about away from us is, 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 is overwhelming. It can be terrible. It can be 
um, it can feel like the ground is opening up beneath us. We feel unloved, unlovable, and un, un, uh, and 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 we feel absolutely devastated. Well, Jesus was despised and rejected. He knows what it's like when someone walks out on us. He knows what it's like when a person that we adore goes out the door with a dog and doesn't come back. You get the letter from the solicitor through the post and it's full of devastating contents. The Lord Jesus knows that. He was despised and rejected. He was acquainted with grief. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He's acquainted with your grief, my friend. He's acquainted with my grief. The Lord Jesus can stand by me because he's acquainted with grief. He understands. He knows. He knows when we're at our lowest. He knows when we can't go on. He knows when we're overwhelmed. He knows when we're at the very end of ourselves. He knows when we're full of grief and when we feel condemned by the world and we feel that we're unlovable and we're unlovely and, we're, and, and, and that, that, that that's it. Jesus will always love us. The Father will always love us. He will love us unconditionally. He will love us forever. He loves us as we are. He loves us because he, uh, the, the guarantee of his love is that he paid for us with his own blood. Nothing could be a greater guarantee of his love for us than that. He's not going to walk away from us. You're not going to wake up in the morning and find that Jesus is gone, that he's left you. You're not going to wake up in the morning. You're not going to find that the Lord Jesus has, has um, found something in you which is so bad or so great that he can't deal with it. Jesus knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. I say that, but uh, um, the Lord Jesus with the Christian is always there as my friend, as my guide, as my brother. And then when others hide their faces from us, when our friends turn away, when family turn away, when people won't listen to what we have to say, don't understand what we have to say, and we feel we're trying to justify ourselves and we look foolish. When, uh, when um, the other side is winning the argument, and when it seems that uh, that we don't have a friend in the world, um, he uh, is the one, um, and they hide their face is from us. Jesus understands what happens when friends turn against you. He says, and we hid, verse 3, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. That's us despising Jesus. When we're despised, when people hide their faces from us, I'm tempted to say more things about my own divorce, but I'm not going to. Just this, that there were those who turned away, and it was a cruel blow, and it smarted. But the Lord Jesus knows when people hide their faces from us because his people hid their face from him. They esteemed him not. And then in verse 4, he has borne our griefs and sorrows. That's why we can cast our burden on him. I'm full of grief. I don't understand what happened. I can't cope with the my wife left me or my husband left me but i can put that on your shoulders lord jesus you've borne my griefs and sorrows you've carried them and therefore i can place these firmly on your shoulders the lord jesus is that grief bearer he has broad shoulders he can carry all our griefs there's nothing that we can place on jesus shoulders that he can't bear um and the lord jesus the Lord Jesus, there's nothing we can place on his shoulders that he can't bear. He has carried them. 
That's how great our Savior is, the Lord Jesus. He understands, he knows, he heals, and he will heal you, and he will bring you through to rejoicing in him, walking in him, delighting in him, overcoming the world and all the trials and difficulties. The Lord Jesus is more than sufficient for these things. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to uh, just address your comment there, Miriam, because I think that's important. Father, we ask and pray that you'd have mercy upon us. Some of us are recovering from divorce. Father, some of us are recovering from other crises or facing other crises or in the thick of it or going through it or fighting against it. Help us to cast ourselves on Jesus. Father, thank you that the Lord Jesus not only saved us from our sins and gave us everlasting life, but that he is a friend that sticks with us throughout our lives. Thank you that when all our friends have left us, we have no one to turn to. We can turn to you. Thank you, Father, that when we have no one to talk to, that you listen to everything we have to say. Thank you, Father, that when we have no answers, you have all the answers. Thank you that in our crises, you have always helped us. Thank you, Father, that you have work for us to do in your kingdom. My prayer, Father, is that everyone listening to this would truly desire that their lives would be separated to you through Jesus Christ for his glory so that whatever our circumstances in life, even in distress and difficulty, the question is, how will I glorify and honour the Lord Jesus Christ? But Father, I pray you'd help those who are struggling. I pray you comfort those who are in distress. I pray that you'd lift up the weak, Lord, that you'd have mercy upon those who are facing all kinds of trials. And pray that when you've comforted us, Lord, we might also be able to comfort others with that comfort wherewith we have been comforted, the comfort which comes from you, we give you our thanks for your inexpressible mercy and goodness to us in keeping us by your grace. If we are divorced, Father, if we are guilty, we ask that you would convict us of our sin and bring us to repentance that we might be forgiven. Father, we pray. I want to take this opportunity to pray for our spouses. Those who've hurt us, Father, those who've wounded us, those who have been cruel, Father, those who are unrepentant. That's what we were like to the Lord Jesus before we believed on him. We ask that they themselves would find that mercy which comes from you in Jesus Christ, a mercy that we have received, a mercy that we don't deserve, a mercy that is extraordinary and remarkable and godlike and is found in Jesus Christ alone. And so, Father, my prayer is that there would be healing for all and that healing would come through the Lord Jesus Christ to each one of us. And again, those who haven't experienced this, the married who are listening to this, Lord, the single, Lord, have mercy upon them and help each in their own situation to walk with Jesus. But, Father, thank you that a day is coming when there's a new heaven and a new earth and all these things will be forgotten about forever. Take our burdens, Lord Jesus. We, we cast them on you. We thank you that you have broad shoulders and can carry them. And we commend ourselves to you in Jesus' precious name, Father. Amen. Amen. So when, I, when it first happened to me, I thought, well, there's no survival after this. But here I am, five and a half years later, still serving God by his grace, um, chastened, but still, still going by God's grace. Now, Miriam says, I think feminism, by blurring the roles of each in marriage, has a huge part to play in the breakdown. Miriam, I could only say I think that I had a part to play in the breakdown of my marriage. Um, my ex isn't here to speak for herself, but I think it did. Um, 
the pressure that women are put under to have careers uh, can can be break and break a marriage. I think, um, uh, and I agree, Miriam, with what you say. Um, Ian, you say forgiveness is absolutely vital. It is. If we struggle to forgive, we must work at it. We must work at it in prayer and Bible study and ask God for grace and strength. Um, Kim. Well, this is, Kim says, is asking me a straight question here. Now, Kim says, would I have this ministry if I was still married? And the the, the, the answer to that is very, very simple. No, no, um, uh, I couldn't possibly have had this ministry because my wife would not have supported me in this ministry and so um, as a result of my divorce, I'm now able to minister the word of God. Oh, that's just a straight fact. Um, um, and uh, I'm very, very thankful to God that I've got this ministry. Um, that's all I can say, Kim. No, the answer is no, I couldn't have had this ministry apart from that because I would have needed my ex-wife's support. She wouldn't have given it to me, um, even though she was a professing Christian at the time. Um, I need to, I need to say this. What would my ex-wife think if she was listening to this? She hasn't got the ability to answer. The only thing I can say is that she and I are now friends, and I'm very, very thankful to God for that, and I'm glad to be a friend. Um, that's good. Um, but I wish she loved the Lord. <laughs> I wish she did. Mm. Uh, Miriam, thank you. Um, now, I haven't been put in prison. I've not been put in a concentration camp for my faith. I've not been shut up in a dungeon underground for 15 years, as, uh, uh, as some people have, because I'm a Christian. So I haven't gone through those kinds of sufferings. So, But when when I was going through the height of this, I felt, what, what, what greater suffering could there be than this? And afterwards, I thought, who could have suffered as I did? And then I met people who seemed to be far more broken than me by similar experiences and i realized that the grace that god had shown to me and we are we have tribulation in this world it doesn't all come to us in all the same way but we have tribulation in this world and sadly because we're sinners and we live in a fallen world marriages fail it's doubly sad when it happens in the church because it brings dishonor to god but every one of us can be healed and every one of us is loved by God. If we're Christians and we know Jesus Christ, every one of us, we can be healed. And uh, the, the Lord is able to restore our locust years. Uh, and, and as I said, it's just thinking about what you said um, there, Kim, that, um, well, just, just for years, I, I, I wanted to minister the word of God, but couldn't. And uh, my responsibilities were such. And whilst I wouldn't have chosen the divorce, I said, I said that, you know, I, when when my wife left me, um, it wasn't that there were no problems and I thought there's no grounds for this, that, or that. It's that I thought all these problems could be fixed. But that wasn't God's will. That wasn't how it was going to work out. So I, I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And others were praying too. And I'm grateful to God they were praying. And, and prayed for reconciliation and prayed for help and prayed that the the marriage would be restored, but it wasn't God's will. It didn't happen. First of all, the divorce papers, the, the ones that were being filed in court came, and then finally that final decree, the divorce had been dissolved by the courts came. 
that wasn't God's will. He allowed it to go through. It, in his uh, counsels and in his wisdom, that happened. Again, some will have similar experiences. Others will have different experiences. I'm, I'm well aware that for some of us, receiving the divorce papers was a matter of extraordinary relief from a very trying and very difficult circumstance. Um, the divorce was, for you, almost life-saving, if not life-saving. So I'm not saying that my experience is the same as everybody else's. Some people are very thankful that they get a divorce because of the terror that they faced before. Um, and again, sometimes Christians initiate divorce because they have biblical grounds for divorce. Um, adultery is, 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 a, is, is a terrible blow to a marriage. And um, it's, not, it's not our duty to be judges of others in these situations. Divorce is a tragedy. It's a tragedy for everybody concerned. But in my case, it wasn't God's will that that should be healed. And, um, and I might say, you know, I did everything possible. But of course, I didn't do everything possible. I didn't know everything that was possible. And not into the situation, I brought a sinful human male. Uh, and, um, and, and we don't behave perfectly. But God forgives us and has mercy on us. So I believe I'm where God wants me to be now. I'm very thankful to have this little room to broadcast in. It's a real blessing, and I hope I can keep doing that here. Um, there are all kinds of ways in which I could have this taken from me, but I hope that doesn't happen. I hope I can continue these broadcasts. So, oh, the microphone. <laughs> so, um, by God's grace, I hope that uh, I hope to serve Him in days to come. Kim says, "Thank you for your comments, Kim. They really are an encouragement. Thank you so much." Um, I'm not going to speak on this subject forever. If you think about it, uh, Kim and others, it would be possible for me to set up a separate broadcast where we talk about these things the whole time and discuss things in detail and invite people to comment and ask questions. That would that would easily fill up a YouTube channel. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. I've crammed an awful lot into this evening, haven't I? Um, and initially I was only going to just do these three talks and it's already got to five, but which is fine, um, but uh, and I'm glad we've done this talk, but uh, it's an important topic, isn't it? And uh, if we want to see revival, there's a lot of divorced people who are going to come into the church, and that's what we want. We want them to come in. We want them to be welcome. We want them to find peace and healing and, above all, salvation alone in the Lord Jesus Christ alone and this is it we can be evangelists to people and it doesn't mean that if you're not divorced and I hope if you're not divorced you never get divorced um, and go through that um, but it means that we can we can sucker others we can help others somebody who's divorced comes and says I don't want to go to church they don't like divorced people I'm divorced God wouldn't have any dealings with me I can say well yes he does he's had mercy on me He's forgiven me. His love for me hasn't diminished one whit because of what I've been through. He's even forgiven me for my sins and my failings. And they're very great. So, so it helps us to be witnesses in the world in which we live. We're beset with weakness ourselves. And uh, But as I say, I'm, I'm, I think some who are listening to this tonight or later, you will have been through these experiences and you will be suffering. And my prayer is for you that God would have mercy on you and help you and keep you and bless you 
and encourage you and, and bring you to the place where you can say the Lord has delivered me and the blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, I'm going to leave it there and um, I'm going to, um, God willing, I won't speak on this subject again. Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. UK time, God willing, will be the next Bible study and I will be, I think, be speaking on Revelation again uh, in the next in our series on the book of Revelation. So I'll turn, the, I'll turn the camera off and people are welcome to comment for another minute or two uh, and then that'll be the end. But thank you so much for being with us this evening. The Lord bless and be with each one. Uh, and uh, if anybody wants to contact me, as I say, my email can be found on sermonaudio.com page with my name uh, and you're welcome to contact me. But the Lord be with us all. Amen. <laughs>